Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up? Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter? Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade! Hello and welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. Uh, This has been a long time coming, but I'm really glad to have finally bit the bullet and uh, got this thing underway. I have to confess, I'm actually sitting in my car at the moment with my sleeping one-year-old in the back seat recording this because it was just about the only way that I could get uh, moderate amounts of silence in our house with two young children, but I've done it. I'm here. Uh, I apologize if there's some background noise, but I think we should uh, just get this thing underway. So for those of you who don't know me, I am your host, Michelle Serson. Uh, I am an adjudicator of construction disputes and I'm the managing director of our family business, Tricks of Your Trade. Uh, So this podcast is essentially going to be a podcast about contract management and getting paid if you're an Aussie subbie. So if you're an Australian subcontractor working for commercial or residential builders, this is the podcast for you. Um, So look, before you hit skip, let me just preface that with saying that I totally get it that nobody ever enters the construction industry daydreaming of ripping people off. Um, Quite the opposite actually, I firmly believe that most of us had grand plans of being involved in iconic construction projects and being able to drive by job sites and stick it out the window and say, I built that and be proudest punch of what uh, we've all built. But Unfortunately, the way business is done these days um, in the construction space, subcontracting just doesn't lend itself to teamwork. It's really a silo-based separation of risk and liability. And so it's really a no-brainer that things go bad all the time. Uh, So you're probably wondering, what the hell would I know about any of that? Look, as a construction adjudicator, I see pretty much every single way that a dispute is going to unfold between a subby and a builder and there are some pretty common themes. Uh, So look I'm going to get to my credentials eventually but I really think the more important thing that you need to know about me if you're going to be listening to me on a weekly basis is that I actually used to be a builder's contracts administrator for a number of tier two builders in Australia. So I, I was working for the other side in their builders camp Um, I'm really bloody hopeless at maths and I'm shit scared of heights. So I knew that inevitably I was never going to be able to be in the construction industry for a very long time um, as a, a, you know, a side-based CA. So I hedged my bets and instead of studying construction management like the rest of my peers, I studied law. Um, And it was actually my career goal to be a construction lawyer that knows how to build things and to be that person that you could come to and explain your problem. Uh, And I would actually understand the construction sequence and uh, how we actually build things and I would have had side experience. So I thought that that would be a really great, unique selling point as a construction lawyer. Um, but what ended up happening was whenever there was a fight with a subby with the builders that I was working for, 
I ended up being the mug who had to go and sort it out because I was studying law and the builders thought that it was a really good way for me to cut my teeth with adjudication and um, to get a really good understanding of what disputes are actually about and for sure it absolutely was the best way for me to cut my teeth um, but little naive me at the start thought that I could do this with relationships and I thought that it would all just be about face-to-face common sense conversations with subbies uh, and working out what went wrong and then figuring out a way to fix it but I was such a baby in the industry I had no idea what I was getting myself into and without even realizing what was happening I soon found myself doing the boss man's dirty work and it was pretty soul destroying let me tell you I was the person who had to explain to these subcontractors that they weren't going to be paid or that we were going to have to enforce provisions of the contract to make them spend money on things that they didn't anticipate they would have to spend money on. So, look, typically if something's going to go wrong uh, in a contract with a subby and a builder, it typically catalyzes in two ways. It usually comes about um, with an unpaid payment claim. So usually you'll give a payment claim to a builder and he's gonna come back and say, we're not gonna pay you. I mean, geez, you're lucky if he does come back and tell you, to be honest. You may just get no response and no payment. Um, But typically what happens when there's a dispute that has to be decided, it all comes to a head in a payment claim. Um, The other way is what I was talking about just before, and that is if there's defects or there's some other um, problem with the contract, the builder will make you spend money to fix it. So look, for obvious reasons, I'm not gonna talk about in details my past employers and the, the issues that you know unfolded and that I was involved in. Um, but what I will say is that all of the builders that I worked for were struggling financially, just like most of the tier two builders in the Australian construction industry in the last 15 years and they were facing the real possibility of going broke. Um, I had an intimate knowledge of how these shitstorms kept coming about because I was living and breathing the documents at the time. And so it was really obvious to me after working on a few disputes that, and for a few builders, uh, that there were really common themes. And once the first few dominoes started to fall with those disputes, these guys had Buckley's chance of saving the project and making a margin. And so that knock-on effect um, started cropping up on multiple jobs. And eventually the builders faced a real likelihood that they were going to go broke. Uh, And we all know that when builder goes broke, they leave a trail of destruction with their subbies behind them. And so here I was. sort of living in this crazy parallel world at the time to be honest I'm studying law and they're teaching you all about the best practice business theory based uh, ways to do things and responsible business practice and yet here I was working for these builders and having to learn how to use all of these little commercial loopholes and leverage tactics um, to win adjudications and to essentially get what we wanted for the boss man at the time And so, you know, it wasn't, nothing we did was illegal. Everything was just about clever procedural tactics that got us cheap wins, uh, if I could put it bluntly. But look, when I say that this time of my life was soul destroying, I'm really not exaggerating. Um, 
I graduated my law degree and I only worked for a construction law firm for three months before I pulled the plug because I just kept seeing subbies and builders, to be honest, walking into the lawyer's office to get advice. And by the time they did, everything was so bad that they were talking, you know, getting advice about how to save their business. And if their business couldn't be saved, the advice was about how to save their personal assets uh, and how to essentially kill the business in the best strategic way possible um, to protect those guys, those directors from personal liability. So I, it wasn't everything I had hoped it was going to be. I don't even know what I thought construction law would be like, but I certainly didn't expect to see um, so many clients at the point where they had not invested in any kind of advice until it was too late. And they were looking down the barrel of spending 50 to 100 grand just to get themselves into some kind of fighting position to save their company. And in a lot of ways, uh, it was a pretty big game of Russian roulette for them to get out of the strife they got themselves in because they'd kicked the can down the road so long on getting good legal advice, they had no way of bringing the business back to some kind of profitable um, enterprise without breaking some laws along the way and so there were times where those uh, clients were just marched to the insolvency department and essentially given advice on how to kill their business so look I didn't even have a job to go to I knew there was no way I was going to be working as a hired gun for these fat cats Uh, some of the builders that were coming in for advice the way that they even just treated a normal uh, other human being, I knew that if uh, I ever came across those guys on a building site, that it'd be 10 times worse for the subbies. So I pulled the plug, quit the job, um, didn't really know what I was going to do. And it wasn't even a, a week that went by. And I started, uh, got a call from a subcontractor who worked on one of my last jobs. And he had a problem with a builder who was screwing him over for some cash. And so I gave him a hand, we got his money back, and to be honest, it felt bloody good to be working for the subby finally. Um, And using all of those little tactics that I'd learned from being in the builder's camp to get the subby's money really bloody quickly. Um, Kept working for the guy. Within the month, we had recovered more than half a million dollars in aged receivables, which was predominantly made up of retention money from well, well overdue retention monies. Um, And this guy was so bloody grateful. He just started recommending me to his mates. And within another month, I had set up an ABN and started what we now call Tricks of Your Trade. Uh, So I like to think of Tricks of Your Trade, not as I went out and I thought about what kind of a business I was going to build and, you know, who would be my target audience. It was really Tricks of Your Trade started me. I was lost. I didn't know how I was going to make my mark on the industry. I was definitely a industry person through and through. I didn't identify as a lawyer at all. I didn't want to live that lifestyle. Um, Anyway, so the need for this type of service in the industry was ballistic. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but the more that I sort of shook the tree, um, I just couldn't deal with the overwhelm of the inquiries that I'd been having from subbies who just needed a hand to get their money out of the builders 
or if they had their builder asking them to do something or pressuring them into something that they just knew wasn't right. So my methods uh, to get these guys what they needed are not traditional legal methods. It's about knowing what to say to your builder uh, when he says certain things to you. And I can tell you from experience that there are so many common excuses and reasons and um, tricks that these builders will try and pull. And if you know what to say when uh, you are ahead of the game, because in a lot of instances, from what I've seen, subcontractors don't have the confidence to stick up to their builder and go, well, actually, mate, that's not what the contract says um, and have a meaningful conversation about it. And so there really is a space there for subbies to wisen up a little bit and take the bull by the horns. So having said all of that, uh, I oh, look, I did think it was important to come clean as such with my listeners about my background because I have had some clients sort of question me and, um, you know, what my line of thinking was or ask me to justify um, some of the things that I had to do when I was working for builders. And there's two sorts of, um, there's two things two responses I usually give in those circumstances. The first is that, you know, I was inclined to go out and start my own business helping subcontractors with contract management issues and getting paid by their builder. And if that's sort of not enough of an indication for that client um, about where my moral compass points, then there's probably nothing I can tell them that's going to bring them around to understanding my why and uh, where I'm coming from with this business. The other thing I think it's uh, a really great opportunity to highlight in those circumstances is that if you're relying on relationships to get you paid with your builder, it's really important to understand that the people that you think you have the relationship with are really just employees and it's not their money. That was one of the things that really I found difficult when I worked for builders because I could only do so much to get somebody paid. I could do the paperwork, I could bully the account staff, I could try and argue the case with the commercial manager, but I did not have the ability to get somebody an EFT transfer. It was outside of my capabilities. Um, And so at the end of the day, if I fought too hard for any particular subby to get them paid, what would inevitably happen is that the builder would start asking me who who I was working for um, and my job was put on the line. I, I sort of questioned, well, should you be really working for us if you're going to fight for them that hard? You should be fighting for us. So something to take on board uh, if you are a subby and you're solely relying on relationships to get yourself paid. So in coming episodes, I'm actually going to tell you exactly what you've got to lose if you don't get a basic understanding of contract management and security of payment. Um, And you want to keep doing business in the construction space. It really is, um, you know, a case if you don't want to play with big dogs, get off the porch. Get yourself an education and get out there and play the game. Get yourself paid. Get your, get your business humming and know exactly what your risk is. Instead of playing blind man's bluff on the freeway, you can be out there and using commercial leverage and you know good 
good commercial tactics, contract management um, tactics to get what you want out of a transaction. That is exactly how builders operate. It's exactly the way that they have been um, sort of come up in the industry to make a profit in this space. It is sort of eat or be eaten. I'm not talking about us using any kind of unethical strategies. You've sort of got the two ends of the stick, don't you? Where you can aggressively go out and use contract management tactics to get what you want, or you can just better your education in this space, sleep better at night, and know that no one's gonna screw you over because you're gonna see it coming. You're gonna see that conduct coming a mile away and you're gonna know exactly what to do uh, in each circumstance. So I'm my promise to you is that I'm gonna be talking about these taboo subjects that are screwing you over in your subcontracting business and I'm gonna give you the answers on what you can do to fix it. You are not going to get this free advice anywhere other than on this podcast. So tune in. Um, I'm you know, spending the time and the effort to bring this stuff to you on a silver platter. Please uh, just have a listen and see if there's something that doesn't resonate with you. I sort of see these things in four main categories in terms of the things that are screwing subbies over in the industry. So we've got late payment, non-payment, and all of the bullshit reasons that builders are giving you for not paying you at all or not paying you on time. I'm gonna debunk those reasons. I'm gonna give you some really bloody smart comebacks and answers that you can use with your builders when this happens. And these are not relationship killers. These are common sense, good bloke responses. I'm gonna talk about unfair contract terms is the other, is the second real element of this type of stuff that is screwing subbies over. Unfair contract terms and the fine print that you're signing up to on every single job. Are you reading it? Do you understand what it means? How can you get around it? I'm actually going to even talk about price wars. This is sort of an economic slash political topic, but I think it's really important to talk about because every single subcontractor is bleeding with price wars. Nobody knows how to stop it. Uh, So in one of my coming episodes, I'm actually gonna have a construction lawyer come on and talk to us about Australian consumer law and price fixing and what we need to be careful about in terms of having this conversation, but also how we might look at a way for the industry collectively to get out of this problem because none of us want to be undercutting each other to win work no none of us want to be doing work for no money Um, but it seems like such a big snowballed problem that nobody really knows how to approach it and the last really big thing uh, that is sort of an internal problem that i think we need to talk about in the industry is subby bashing and blue collar discrimination Uh, A few of you might have seen me talking about this last year on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. I firmly believe that subbies have lost their voice in the industry and there is a major cultural issue uh, and cultural undertones that are going on here with the way that subbies are treated uh, on construction sites, off construction sites, in terms of the bullying with unfair contract terms we're just getting pushed into a corner and we don't have a voice we don't have a position of um, strength to negotiate from I want to talk about how we can get our voice back with that and I also want to talk about from a conduct perspective 
what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, and how the next generation of tradies are going to deal with this. Because I'm seeing a whole lot of political correctness in our world in so many aspects. I can't even go to the supermarket without seeing some kind of undertone of political correctness. And yet somehow on our job sites, in our construction industry, and this is, an, this is a worldwide problem, blue collar discrimination continues to just go unchecked. Nobody really talks about it. Subbies don't want to stick up to builders because they're worried they won't win work. But we all have genuine concerns about how people are going to deal with this. The suicide rates in construction, we all know they're way, way higher in the construction industry than any any other industry. And something needs to be done. So I'm firmly of the view that all of these things actually tie in together. The blue collar discrimination and the subby bashing, the price wars, the late payment and the unfair contract terms. They are all systematic. Um, They all feed into one another. And I think it's something that we collectively can look at changing if we can have a platform and have a big, big wider conversation about it. So every Friday, you'll be able to download my next episode of Tricks of Your Trade podcast come rain, hail or shine. As you know, I'm sitting in my ute at the moment with my sleeping baby in the back seat. I am going to move mountains to get this stuff to you guys. Um, If you want to contact me for more info, you can go to my website, www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au or you can email me at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great weekend and I will see you next week.